preaching a new sermon series that is entitled Finding the Balance Between Faith and Grace. Finding the Balance Between Faith and Grace. When you define the word balance, it is an, a distribution of weight enabling someone or something to remain upright or steady. The title of the message is Finding a Balance Between Faith and Grace. And, and learning to fly airplanes, there are four things that causes an airplane to stay in the air. And it's, and it's uh, you have weight and balance and lift uh, and drag. Those are the things that we need to be able to, to fly an airplane. But you also need uh, to have balance in your walk, have balance in your faith, and have balance in your grace. So you, are, our challenge is, as Christians today, is to be upright and to be steady. So think back on your week. How steady have you been? Uh, how upright have you been? How, how legitimate have you been? Have you been real this week? Have you displayed the name of Jesus in a proper way? Have you given me a good reputation? Have you given you a good reputation as an attendee of the Pulse Church? Mainly, how do you represent Jesus Christ? So in the title of this message, Finding the Balance Between Faith and Grace, the question is, if we went around the room and we all answered this question, my life with Christ is very steady and very balanced, what would your answer be? Would it be, well, Sometimes it is and sometimes it isn't. Depending on what goes on in my life depends on how steady and how, how, how much faith that I have. Here's the key. Can we get to a place with our Heavenly Father to where things that normally shake us don't? And our, and, and our attitudes towards things, do, do we act steady no matter when uh, you, you may have trouble uh, in a relationship or, or trouble paying a bill or, or trouble in your work or, or trouble in your church. How, how do we act when, or trouble in a marriage, how, how do we act when things are not where they need to be? Is everybody's life upside down too? <clears throat> do you make everybody else's life upside down and are you looking for everybody else's opinion and you ask God last? The question today is finding balance between our faith and finding balance with our grace. Some of us may answer, I wish I could read my Bible more. <coughs> People may say, I wish I could read my Bible more so that I could have uh, a, a steady uh, balance of faith and grace. Some people may say uh, that I wish I could invite more people to church. Or people may say, well, I wish that I could could go to church more, or, or I wish that I can pray more. See, you're, you're missing the point. The point is not those things, although those things are very important. But the point is this, is to base your relationship on God. It's not on merit. Are you with me? It's not on merit. It, it's, not on, it's not on merit. Our relationship with God does not deter, is not determined how long you pray. Your, your relationship with God is not how, how many days you fast. Your, your relationship with God is to become balanced and to become steady even in the midst of the storm. And that is hard. <clears throat> You're saying God doesn't want me to cry. God doesn't want me to be upset. God doesn't want me to... to to express how I feel or if I'm upset or if I'm mad or this kind of thing. Uh, let me tell you something. God wants to know everything about you. Here's the thing. Some people don't. We need to take things to our Heavenly Father so that He can help us to be balanced between faith and grace. You're saying, well, how does all that, how does all that intertwine with what you're saying? Well, let me explain what merit is. Merit is the, the quality of being, uh, to be in uh, particularly good or worthy, especially to deserve a praise or reward. See, here's the thing. In our lives today, and bear with me here, I'm going to lay this out to you. In our lives, it seems as if that we base our Christian lives, Barb, on performance. How good we live that, way, with that week. 
How, how good that, that we did. Well, God, I had a great week because I didn't gossip this week. Or I had a good week th this week because I didn't click on the wrong thing on the internet this week. Or I, I, I'm, I'm, uh, I did good this week, God, because uh, I tithed this week. And, and see, when we ask ourselves these questions, our Christian life is not based on merit. <coughs> I think a lot of you were raised that way. That you were raised on merit. It's like, okay, if I'm this good this week, then God's going to approve of me. Can I give you a, a dose that he loves you and he approves of you because of Calvary? <coughs> you can't do anything. If you come up and said, I give the preacher a $100 bill today, that should get me to heaven. Well, it won't if you've not been saved. See, we, we base our lives on merit, and we base our lives on, on how we live. Well, I spent two hours in prayer. Well, here's what God wants out of you and me. He wants our obedience. That's what he wants is our obedience. And we get this thing called mixed up with perfection. We say, well, nobody's perfect. And, and, and look, I understand what you're saying there, and, and I understand. What God is asking for you and me to be is obedient to him. To listen to him when he speaks. Uh, I, I had an opportunity this week to, to visit my mentor, James Ashworth. And, and we spent uh, two or three hours to go, uh, together. And, and one thing he said, he said, we need, to, we need to, to, to get close to the voice of God and know when he speaks. You know, and he used the word lean in. He said we need to lean in to the voice of God and to know when he speaks. And some of you all are getting it. Some of you all are understanding it because you're testifying on it. You're sharing what God is speaking to you and how he's speaking to you to go to this person, to that person. Oh, what revival we could have if we could all lean in to the voice of God. Here's the key. Are we listening to the voice of God or are we leaning on our own understanding? Are we leaning on our own understanding? Let me tell you something. We can't lean on our own understanding because it doesn't work. It doesn't work. We need God because how can you explain somebody to be healed and to be delivered and to be set free? Uh, our mother of our church, uh, Brenda, was just say, saying a little bit ago how, how she, she got healed uh, out at Ripley when we were all out there one, one day for, uh, for a service. And she got healed in, in her, her arm. And, and how do you explain that? How do you go to a doctor and explain that? How do you explain to the bill collector when the extra check comes in the mail that, that, that you weren't expecting? How do you explain to the, to, the, to the marriage counselor when a marriage is restored because things were going bad? How do you explain to the community when the church is ready to close, but yet God comes in and brings wonderful people to the church to keep it open? How do you explain it's only God? You can't lean on your own understanding. It's balance between faith and balance between grace. We are worthy because of one action. One action has made us worthy, and that is us accepting Jesus into our heart and becoming born again. Are you with me? That's the only action that you have that causes you to be where you are with Jesus is because you are born again. That's the only action that God can accept in you is giving your heart to him. First, in 2 Peter chapter 3, verse 14, he says, Wherefore, beloved, seeing that ye look for such things... Be diligent to find, be, be diligent to be found by him in peace without spot and without blameless. Let me tell you something, because we accept Jesus into our lives, that makes us blameless before him. Do you understand that? A few. You say, well, preacher, I don't buy that because I've been taught the old country way. I've been taught that, you know, I, the preacher's going to get up there and he's going to browbeat you. He's going to guilt you into getting saved. He's going to, and, and, and probably some of you have been baptized more times than you can ever imagine. And you've been, and you've been greased down with anointing oil and you're greased up like a pig. And you've been saved I don't know how many times. Now, I believe in backsliding. I believe that a person can backslide and walk away from God. But let me tell you something. What we have to understand in our lives 
is that we're blameless before him. You say, well, how can we be blameless and spotless before him if I carry on like I do? Stop carrying on like you do. You don't have to carry on like you do. You say, well, I, I, I do because uh, I was raised that way. Bull, come on, you can do better than that. Let me tell you something. You have become a new creature. You are a new creation. When you get saved and you accept him, you become like Jesus. Now, your flesh don't act like Jesus, but your spirit will act like Jesus. Oh, I'm sure that there's probably several of you that have blown it really bad this week. And you probably come in here feeling lower than a snake's belly. Why? That's called conviction. We get convicted because of, of the Holy Spirit working with our heart, making us what he wants us to be. But see, what we have to understand is find that balance between faith and grace. You can't do anything for God to love you or to accept you more. And I know that's hard for you to accept. Now, in Ephesians chapter 2, 8 and 9, it says this. It says that, that by grace you have been saved through faith. And that not of yourselves, it is a gift of God, not of works, lest anyone should boast. So right there, that scripture tells you and me that it's not us. It's not us. It's not how you sing. It's not how you play. It's not how you, you come into the church and you're here for every work party or you're involved in every little thing that goes on within the church or you check it off the list on Sunday morning that says I was at church. Let me tell you something. Salvation is a gift from God. And the problem is, is we have find it hard to accept people's gifts. And to say that Jesus actually went to a cross of Calvary was a gift. It was a gift. Would you agree? Salvation is a gift. Why? Because an innocent man went to Calvary. He was murdered for you and me. We, we were guilty, and, and we were guilty, and he died for us. But let me go back to the scripture here. It says, but by grace, thank God for grace, that you've been saved through faith. Here's where you have to get off your high horse. You have to say, well, I live good this week, so I must be saved. Not of yourselves. It is the gift of God, not of works. See, people believe, some people believe that you're saved by works. And let me tell you something, works is part of it. But let me, let me tell you, it's by the blood. It's by the blood of Calvary. When God sees you, he sees Jesus because he sees the blood. The balance comes in when the pressure is off because you think that you must perform before God. You don't have to perform before God. He loves you automatically. Now what God wants you to do is to be obedient to him. Here's the question, how obedient are you? How obedient are you? If I pray an hour a day, that doesn't mean you have to pray an hour a day. <clears throat> if I fast three days, that doesn't mean you have to fast three days. Here's the key. The key is to develop a relationship with Jesus. What he speaks to you. Let me ask you something. Has anybody ever heard the voice of the Lord? I have. I have. You know, what people forget is that people think that the only thing that the voice of the Lord do will do to you is tell you don't. That's not necessarily true. Yes, he will tell you don't, but he will also tell you to do. He'll also tell you to be, uh, to be obedient to him. He'll tell you when to speak. How many people believe, let me get down here and, and, and uncomfortable with you here. How many believe that the Holy Spirit is a step ahead of your tongue? How many believe it? One person. There you got some people. Okay, the Holy Spirit is a step ahead of your tongue. Then why, for gosh sake, are you in so much trouble yapping at the mouth? Why? Because you're not listening. 
Because what the Lord will say to you, the Holy Spirit that deals inside of you, and, 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 and you go to tell a joke, and, and the Holy Spirit will say, don't say that. He'll check your spirit, won't he? He'll check your spirit. Or, or you go, to, you go to, to, to say something, and how many times have you said this? Well, I probably shouldn't say this, but. Your butt will get you in trouble every time with a comma. I shouldn't say this, but. See, the Holy Spirit is a step ahead of your tongue. The problem is you don't have a big enough relationship to hear him. You don't know his voice. That's it. We're not in control. We're out of control sometimes. And Lord's sakes, 31 years as a pastor, I have cleaned up more messes because of your mouth. The Holy Spirit is a step ahead of your action. He's a step ahead of your actions. When I, when I first started flying, one of the things that Brad told me, he says, he says, you have to ask yourself every time before you fly, do I really need to do this today? Do I really need to do this today? Is this something that I really need to do today? And if you answer yes, then you go. If you say no because the weather's bad, stay on the ground. Many of us are not like that. We're loose living. And what I have found, Barb, is that church grows and you get people, you get people that, that are coming in that haven't been taught like a lot of you have been taught. What you end up doing, you're cleaning up a lot of messes. Until they grow, until you learn, until you get where you need to be with God. See, God will keep you. Let me tell you this. God will keep you from losing your virginity before you're married. God will keep you from uh, looking at pornography on the internet. God will keep you from, from lusting. God will keep you from sinning. God will keep you from uh, gossiping. God will keep you from, uh, from doing all these things. You say, well, how, how can he do that? Because uh, I did it. And you say, well, I cheated or I, uh, I did this or I did that. Or, you know, I lost my virginity before marriage or this kind of stuff. You say, well, you know, how could... No, 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 you're missing the point. If you would have listened to the voice of God and not your own, then you wouldn't have been in the situation that you're in. Are you with me? Help me, help me, help me to understand this. It's because we don't hear good. Remember that? Don't you hear good? <laughs> I'm not trying to be critical with you. I'm just telling you to start listening. You remember that, you remember that, uh, that uh, thing that went viral, that little kid's getting ready to get his hind end whipped, and his mom said, listen, Linda, listen, Linda, God is speaking to you. He's telling you what to do. Some of you need to stop matchmaking yourself and listen to the voice of God and get with who he wants you to be. Then, you get yourself in a wreck and you call me like I can fix it. Oh, I can fix it all right. You may not like what I say. See, Jesus made you righteous. Jesus made you holy. The balance comes when the pressure's off. There's no pressure should be on you. There's no condemnation on you. Yeah, you know that you've all, we've all sinned and come short of the glory of God, the Bible says. And, and, and we know that. But yet, because of the blood, we're made righteous. John Sandy and I were in a situation this week. It seems like that every time I'm with John Sandy, I'm in a situation. Huh? You're helping me grow. And, and, and the thing about it is, it, it's like I've been in situations with you. I, re, I remember Emmett and I one time were out, in, uh, out on the lake and we're in our uh, canoes and we're out having fun. And, and, you know, Mr. Weather Guy here, I'm looking at the weather on my phone and I'm thinking, you can hear the rain coming over the side of the mountain. And I said, Emmett, we are about to get soaked. 
So we had to make a decision, didn't we, Emmett, whether we were going to, like, we're going to be out there in it or we're going to head for shore. So uh, thank God we headed for shore because our boats were full after we got to the shore because of how much it rained. See, you're going to get in situations sometimes, and, and, and you don't want to ever make a decision on your own. You want to use people. You want to talk to people. You want to talk to Jesus and get the reasoning. Get the understanding. Does that make sense? Center yourself around godly people that have your interest at hand, not what they want to do to you. In 2 Corinthians chapter 5, 21, it says, For he made him who knew no sin to be sin for us, crying shame that he had to do that, that we might become the righteousness of God in him. Now, let me ask you something. You either believe that or you don't believe that. For he hath made him to be sin for us who knew no sin. Jesus knew no sin. It doesn't matter what you believe, uh, what people say, Jesus never sinned. That we might be made the righteousness of God in him. So we're righteous. Even if you don't think you act like it. Because our spirit is righteous. Our spirit is perfect. Our spirit, it's that flesh that needs control. Do you believe that we can control the flesh? I think so. Do I do a good job of it all the time? No. But I'm really working on things. God's really working on me. And here's the key. If God is speaking to you about things, be thankful. Because the key is, is if he's not speaking to you, there's the problem. If he's not telling you things, if he's not speaking to you, see, you may be able to fool me, but you can't fool God. Jesus has made you righteous. Now let me define what grace is. A gift from God given through his son, Jesus Christ. The word grace refers primarily Primarily to enabling power and spiritual healing offered through the mercy and the love of Jesus Christ. Thank God for grace. Grace doesn't mean that you can go out and do anything that you want and it's going to be okay. Are you with me? You say, well, I have grace in my back pocket. The Bible says in the 23rd Psalm, surely mercy and grace will follow you all the days of your life thank you God for mercy and thank you God for grace but what we have to understand is that grace doesn't give it give you the opportunity to sin it gives you the opportunity not to sin it gives you freedom to walk in the freedom of God that says, you know, people think that God is going to, he sits in heaven ready to slap you over the head every time you do something wrong. Anybody raised that way? That's the way you were raised. But guess what? It's absolutely the opposite. I'm not telling you to go out and do wrong because you, have, you can. I'm saying that because you have grace, it will cause you not to do wrong. Because you're free. You're free. And let me tell you something, church. I've been chewing on this message for a couple weeks, and, and I don't have that all together because that, that, that's a little bit different from what I was raised in and, and, and what I understood in is that because I always heard that, you know, he's over your head and you're good about to do something wrong, he's going to slap you ugly. Well, sometimes. Sometimes God will take you to the woodshed. Here's the key. How many people here want to walk under the anointing of God? Does anybody know what the anointing of God is? The anointing of God is his favor. The anointing of God. See, people get talent and anointing mixed up. People think that they're talented. Oh, they're really talented, because, uh, anointed because they can sing. Uh, no, people get that mixed up. But here's the key. What we have to understand is that the anointing. But if you continue to do wrong, Sometimes God can pull the anointing from you. Why? Because he puts his power not through faulty wiring, but people who are obedient. And God has called you and me to be obedient. I walk around the house. I walk around, uh, you know, going through places, and I say, I'm blessed. 
I'm highly favored. I'm anointed. Here's the key. If some of you all would get your anointing on, this place would be full. People would be running down the other side of the road to avoid you because the Holy Ghost would be so strong on you to where you're reaching people in, in Walmart and in the feed store or wherever you are. Let me tell you something. That's what God is calling you and me to do. It's been harder up here than where I came from because it seemed like that we kind of knew that where we were, but we kind of brought that to gas away uh, in, in some areas and said that, what, the anointing? You mean we're supposed to walk under the anointing? Yes, you're supposed to walk under the anointing. People think that that's just the preacher's job. It's not the preacher's job. Yes, he should walk in the anointing, but not only that, you should walk in the anointing. The anointing will break the yoke of bondage in people's lives. You can pray for people and they get better. I'm not, a, I'm not embarrassed to, to pray for somebody. And I'm even dumb enough, I'll go back for the results. Remember when we prayed the other day? Tell me what happened. Because we're believing. So do you have grace? Grace doesn't mean, let me repeat this, grace doesn't mean that you can do anything you want and it's going to be okay. There are consequences for the things and the actions that we do. We need to strive for righteousness, which is balance. We need to lean, we need to lean in and listen to the voice of God. Get around people that won't, how many people get around people that suck the life out of you? Get rid of them. You say, well, I'm married to him. I don't know what to say about that. I'm staying out of that one. But there's people that will suck the life out of you. I, I was here one day talking to a guy, and he was talking about how doom and gloom Gasaway is going to be and where all the kids are going and blah, blah, blah. And every time he would say something, I'd say, I plead the blood. Oh, I apply the blood. I just pray, Jesus. I just pray. And, and, and I looked at him and I said, you know what? I said, I believe that God is going to, to use the Pulse Church to change gas away in Braxton County. With what I've been finding out in the public school system, we need a whole bunch of Christian schools. My God, what's going on in the public school system is horrible. The stories that I'm hearing and, and about things that are going on and I'm thinking, my God, we need Christian schools on every corner and for them to be full. God doesn't give us a license to sin, but he gives you the freedom that you don't have to. That one went in one ear and out the other. Let me try another approach. God doesn't give you the license to sin, but he gives you the freedom that you don't have to. You say, well, preacher, you, I was raised, I'm supposed to sin every day. How many people raised that way? I was raised that way. I was raised that way. You're supposed to sin every day. Man, you haven't accomplished anything unless you cussed somebody out, unless you pulled out on somebody, unless you flipped somebody the finger, unless you did something disobedient. Man, it's like you could be ready to go to bed and you think, hmm, have I done anything wrong today? Well, let me go down and see if I can mess somebody up so I could do that. No. See, it's contrary to the Word of God. And, and I don't know uh, the way maybe some of you were raised, but let me tell you something. How can he, how can he that has no sin, he that has no sin, who is that? Jesus. But yet, we think we got to put our sin coat on every day and make a mess of our lives. No. Isn't that contrary to what I read a little bit ago about being righteous? The Bible says to be holy as I am holy, to be righteous as I am righteous. Now, let me tell you something. We can mess up. Okay? We can mess up, but we should not strive to say, oh, man, it's a brand new day. 
I can't wait to sin today. And I wonder when we do sin, the Bible says this. The Bible says that we have an advocate with the Father. He says, if we sin, he doesn't say when we sin, but he says, if we sin. Now think of that. If we sin. Doesn't mean that we have to. It doesn't mean, and, and, and it's like going to, I've said this so many times before, it, it's like going to a fast food restaurant and saying, okay, do I want a salad or do I want a Big Mac? It's your choice. It is your choice whether you sin or not. The Bible says that he will make a way of escape of all temptation. So what's your excuse? Come on now, it's what it says. He says that he would make a way of escape of all temptation. What's our excuse? We're lazy. Our flesh is lazy. It wants to do wrong. Your flesh wants to do wrong. Does it have to? Does it have to? No, it doesn't have to. God, give us strength. In Ephesians 4, 7, it says this. It says, but grace was given to each one of us according to the measure of Christ's gift. There it is again. It, it talks about grace and it talks about it being a gift. Grace is therefore God's unmerited favor. We have God's unmerited favor. You have the creator of the world on your side. Define unmerited, not deserving. We don't deserve it. We don't deserve grace. We deserve to go to hell. We deserve it. But we don't have to go to hell. You know why? Because we have a loving God who cares about you, who wants to heal your emotions, wants to heal your body, wants to save your soul, wants you to live, help you live the abundant life. I tell you, church, it should liberate you from condemnation, what I just said. I mean, there, there's some of you all or to just feel like you just had a bath. You just had a bath from heaven saying, I am liberated. Let me tell you something. He wants you to be liberated. You, you say, but, but I screwed up. You say, well, I didn't, I didn't read the Bible today or I didn't pray today. Uh, or or I, I went to the wrong place on the internet today, or uh, I, I said the wrong thing to somebody today, or, or I did this today, or I did that today. Church, that is so elementary. That is so elementary. Having balance of faith and grace should get you out of bondage and from you checking it off the list. You have made mistakes. Yes, we all have made mistakes. We all have fallen short and come glory, uh, to the glory of God, but that doesn't mean that we have to do that every day. The devil may have beat up on you outside and over something that you have done. Has he ever done anybody that way before? Just me. He's never beat up on the rest of you. Okay, just me. This is class precipitation. You've got to give me something back. People will beat up on you because you made a mistake. But I'm sure that you have never done anything in your life. But you sure are critical of other people for what they do. But you, Mr. and Mrs. Saint, never done anything wrong. But boy, you'll really crucify somebody on Facebook or you'll crucify somebody for something that they did because you're holy and because that you're righteous and because your halo don't stink. And that's the way we are. That's the way we are, isn't it, Carla? What we do is that we make other people look bad to make ourselves look good. Do you know that people are waiting on you to mess up? They're waiting on you to mess up. They're waiting on me to mess up. You know why? 
so that they can pounce and so that they can be critical and so that they can be this or they can be that. And, 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 and I'm telling you, cut people some slack. But, 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 but you, don't, you don't know what they did. You don't know what they did to me. Like you haven't done anything wrong. Aren't you glad that somebody gave you grace? They gave you grace, but you're not willing to give somebody else grace and forgive them. How come? I had a friend of mine, he used to say, why come? He said, why come? Why? Some of you all are holding stuff over people's heads that they did 30 or 40 years ago and you can't seem to forgive them. But although God's forgiven you for everything that you've done, I'm just telling you. It's the truth, isn't it? <laughs> Christy, it's got mighty uncomfortable in here. think I'm preaching to them I'm talking to the people on the internet these people are precious they're not heathen I'm talking to the people online that's watching where where are you you should be here it is I'm preaching to you with a finger at you and I got three and a thumb back at me we don't cut people slack that's what's wrong in Braxton County you know, and, and all the rest of the counties, there's too many people that are, they're, they're holding grudges. That's why there's so many churches. My gosh, I pass people who used to attend this church, won't even look at you, look at the ground. But yet they can wave, wave their hand on Sunday morning in their hanky and say, I surrender all, all to the I.O. Hypocrites, Tim, they're hypocrites. They're hypocrites for crying out loud. People tell me, they say, well, I don't want to go to your church because there's a bunch of hypocrites. I tell them, come on down, one more won't hurt. Stop blaming others and take responsibility for your action. It's the only way to get better. Offer grace to the people that you have done wrong to and forgive them. People want to see you fail. They want to see you justify their sin. They want, to be, they want you to criticize them. And, and, and see, that's what's wrong with the church. That's why there are so many churches. It's because somebody got mad and took their toys and went somewhere else. I'm talking about grace. John 8, 7 says this. It says, so... When they continue asking him, this is talking about the woman uh, that was caught in the very act of adultery. He lifted up himself and he said unto them, He that is without sin among you, let him cast the first stone at her. Here's the key. Caught in the very act of adultery. That means that somebody caught him. I think it was a setup myself. We don't hear anything about the guy, but we hear about the girl. But Jesus, now think of this, theologians will tell you that that woman that came to him was caught in the very act of adultery. She didn't have any clothes on when they drug her to him. And he said, where are those that accuse you? Let them cast the first stone. Here's the key. What right do you and I have? To carry rocks in our pocket. What right do we have to carry rocks in our pocket so that we can go stone people for what they've done to us? We have no right. God has called us to forgiveness. God has called us to forgiveness. What you have to do is you have to 
get down on your knees and you have to say, God, am I clear with you? Do I have hard feelings towards somebody? Do I have a resentment towards somebody? Do I, do I have hatred towards somebody that I need to, to give that to you and, and to bring that to you, God, because it's hindering your relationship with him? Is, any, is that speaking to anybody today? You got to get clear with Jesus because it messes up the flow. It messes up your anointing. It messes up where you want, where God wants to take you. You have to be free and you have to be clear with God. Matthew 7, 1 through 3 says, Judge not that you, that you be not judged. For with judgment you judge, you shall be judged. And within the measure that you meet, it shall be measured to you again. Then he says, and why beholdest thou the mote that is in thy brother's eye, but consider not the beam that is in thy eye. Guess what? A mote is smaller than a beam. Not only are we thankful for the grace that God gives us. But we need to offer other people grace for their stupidity. For what they've done. Because let me tell you what happens. What happens when you are falsely accused of something? And I've been there and a lot of you have been there too. What we do is we want to rise our flesh up and give them a piece of our mind. Isn't that what we want to do? That's exactly what we want to do. God may not allow you to say anything. Look at Jesus. Jesus didn't, he wasn't able to say anything. He was standing in front of Pontius Pilate, and Pontius Pilate looks at him, he says, don't you know that I have the power to crucify you? Have you got nothing to say? But then I go to Exodus chapter 14, verse 14, he says, he fights my battles for me. What he wants me to do is stand. And believe you me, some of you that have been around me long enough, I'm not always good at that. Judge not... That you may not be judged. Because what he's saying that if we don't, if we're judging, then we're guilty of the same thing. You say, well, I didn't do it. But you judge. That's what the word of God says. You say, well, but I'm in a situation now, or I'm in a relationship now, or I'm in a, a financial situation here because of somebody or because of this or because of that what, what are you telling me pastor that I have to do look I'm not telling you that you got to pal around with people I'm not telling you that you got to pal around with people that have done you wrong I'm not saying you've got to go and, and fix anything but what I'm saying is forgive them I'll leave you with this an evangelist told me this one time. He said that there was a, a, a woman in his church that cheated on her husband. And he said, and, and came to him and said, what do I do with this? He says, she said, I want to tell him. And he said, have you asked God to forgive you? He said, Yes. And under this situation, he said, I don't recommend you to do anything right now but to walk in the forgiveness of God. You know what she did? She went and told him. You know what the husband did? Killed both of them. True story. Happened. Killed both of them. The preacher said, I don't think you should say anything right now. Walk in the forgiveness. We don't have a license to sin, church. But we need to offer grace. We need to offer grace to other people. But we need to accept the grace that God gives us. Thank God for grace. Stand to your feet. Stand to your feet. That's a good word right there. That's a good word. That's a good word from heaven. Give him some praise.
are you dealing with? Have you got people that, that you've got so much, you've got so much hatred towards, you have so much, um, you just can't hardly stand some people. But you're saved. You, you believe you're saved. But you're dealing with that. God wants to take that from you. Could you bring it to him today? Could you just come and, and come to the altar? You say, well, if I go to the altar, uh, everybody's going to think I got hard feelings towards somebody. Well, don't worry about what other people think. They probably got it too. But what I'm telling you is that do you want to be free? Or do you want to be in bondage? If you don't get rid of some of the shackles and some of the things that are on you, if you don't get rid of some of those things, they're going to eat at you like cancer and keep you from your calling and your anointing. And the goal is, is for God to use you. But you've got so much weight on you. You're dealing with so much. And God wants you to be free. And God wants you to forgive. God doesn't want you to be a person that says, I'm going to give them a piece of my mind. And there's not a Bible close to you. It's amazing that we can take our Bible and say, this is what God is. God is a God of love, not a God of hate. What are you dealing with today? Hard message to preach. But what are you dealing with today? Bring it to the altar. Bring it to the altar. I've been working on this message for a while. What are you dealing with? You want to accept Jesus into your life and become a Christian? Be born again? Ask him into your heart and life. Do you need to come to the altar to say, Jesus, forgive me? No, you don't. But I, did, I, I, I didn't go to an altar when I got saved. I was sitting right back in a pew, and I felt the Lord called me, and I said, yes, Jesus, I accept you. There wasn't 12 verses of just as I am. Is God calling you today? God calling you? What are you dealing with today? You have unforgiveness towards somebody. Bring it to them. Get rid of it. Leave it at the altar. You have unforgiveness towards somebody. Bring it to the altar. Talk to Jesus about it. Now I am determined to know Christ in him crucified Now life and the power in me is you Think about it Now blameless You call me holy We're blameless before him I've been forgiven You're born again, you're blameless you mean to tell me I've preached my heart out for the last 35 minutes and preached my heart and there's one person at the altar? Ain't nobody dealing with nothing? If you're dealing with something, bring it to him. Don't hold on to it. Bring it to him. The altar ought to be lined with people saying, oh God, forgive me for what I did. Forgive me for holding that grudge towards somebody. Because I know it's hindering my relationship with you. Bring it to him. Bring it to him. This is a place to surrender it to him. Oh, we serve such a great God. Can you not bring it to him? I'm not trying to be mean. I'm just trying to tell you. This is what God is telling us today. But when you get up, get up and walk in grace. And walk in love. And walk in compassion. God dealing with? What's he dealing with you about? More people need to come to the altar. I know you do. Quit holding on to it. Don't hold on to it any longer. Get free of it. God wants you to be free. How many of you want to hold on to resentment just a little while longer? 
ahead. You can do it. Take it out of here with you if you want to. You got a grudge towards somebody and you want to take it out of here with you? You you can. Why? You're out of your mind. I don't know why you'd want to do that. But let me tell you something. If you've got something inside of you that you're dealing with, God wants you to bring it to the altar. He wants you to get rid of it. He wants you to become what he's called us to be. And it's the word Christian, which means to be Christ-like. Are you Christ-like? Do you represent him in in a proper way? He's called us to it today. Oh, he loves you so much. Preacher, I love holding resentment in my heart. I love it. You keep on doing it then, and let's see where it gets you. Are you walking in grace? Are you walking in love? Are you walking in joy? Are you walking in peace? I don't know about you, but I want to be free. I want to be free. Jesus, I pray you free people around this altar that are crying their heart out to you. People that have been done wrong that are around this altar, Father, Lord, as they pour their heart out to you. God, we praise you. We praise you, God. Worthy, worthy, worthy. Offer forgiveness to people. I keep fighting voices in my mind that say I'm not enough. He wants us to be broken Every before him. single lie that tells me I will never measure the sum of every high and every low remind me once again just who I am because I need to You'll have every failure, God. You'll have every victory. Ooh, oh. You say I am loved 
going on this week. A lot of activities going on. Uh, Barb with her small group on uh, Thursdays um, here at 7. We're in, Win uh, we're in Scott Depot at our small group this week on, on Wednesday. Did you enjoy the choir today? Some of you enjoy them? I thought so. I thought it was really good. I thought so. I took out, I, I wear earbuds on the platform so that I can hear all the music, and I took I took my earbud out so I could hear him, uh, Cynthia on that side over there, and uh, it was just a, a just a pleasant, wow, anointing on the, the, the flute today. Wow, and I thought the choir sounded really good. I thought it was really awesome. And uh, we, you, you wonder why your kids are in the sanctuary today, is that uh, I had mentioned to you that Megan and Kelly were uh, were done as of the 1st of February. Well, here we are, and we have nobody to take kids' club. So I ask you to pray to see if you want to be involved in that. And what you would be doing is uh, there will be four teachers for three months. You don't have to do all year long. So it, it's like two teachers um, a, as it grows. So if you're interested in, in being a part of kids' club, uh, let me know because uh, we can use some help there and we don't want your children not to you know hear you know to, to have a, a special thing for them but um, they've been doing it for many many years and we thank you all for for doing what you do Megan is sick today she's home so you pray for her um, as well so uh, a lot of great things that are going on and so I uh, just keep keep on Facebook and um, share the messages uh, share what God's doing. If you have a praise report, something that's doing, uh, be sure to share that because God is faithful. Father, we love you today. We thank you for the ministries that are being birthed. We thank you for grace. We thank you, Lord, for what you're doing in people's lives and people's hearts. Father, we just pray in the name of Jesus that you protect us this week. Father, we thank you for what you're doing. Thank you, God, that bills are being paid for people. People are debt reduction, supernatural debt redu reduction in people's lives. People's names are being cleared. People are being set free. People are being delivered. We thank you for that in the name of Jesus. Tonight, what time is that, Emmett? 6.30 tonight here at the church. <laughs> oh, okay. So uh, tonight, and that's the, uh, what's the, what's the name of it, Heart, Heart Life, so, something excited. Christy and I can't come to it because we're too old. <laughs> oh, you, she's older than I am. <laughs> oh, is that what it is? Nah, you guys are, do what they, the 20-somethings, amen. So pray over that ministry. Father, I pray in Jesus' name over uh, over this ministry, Father Lord, that it will be birthed, Father Lord, in unity, and we thank you, God, for what you're going to do, how you're going to use this group to set the captives free, and we glorify you, and we praise you, God, for it, because it is in the name of Jesus. Have a great week. Thank you for being here.